Boom. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Dope and Dharma. This is the Dharma Time Edition, and it is, I, I think we're on time today. I think today's Tuesday. I haven't looked lately, but it's Tuesday, but it's not one o'clock. It's Tuesday, but it's not 1 p.m. No, it is definitely not one o'clock, but yeah, but it is Tuesday. So if you're listening to this live on either uh, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch under Dope and Dharma, it is Tuesday for you as well. Unless, of course, what is it now? It's so, unless you're one of my friends who's in Taiwan listening to this live, it is Tuesday. If it's for him, it's Wednesday morning, but I digress. I'm going to assume I do. He's been on the show before, remember? It was a while back, but he was on the show. Anyways, oh, once I again, I know who you're talking about. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, anyways, so welcome, Dope and Dharma. He is, of course, the one and only one percenter, dope, the, the Dope Doctor. And uh, uh, I am the lowly 99 percenter, <laughs> the Dharma <laughs> guy. <laughs> I'm the other end of the spectrum, guys. Um, anyways, I'm the Dharma guy. He's a Dope Doctor. This is Dope and Dharma, the Dharma Time Hour. Welcome. That's right. Um, and how can they yeah, join you us? Anything you wanna... Marissa on Facebook Live is is hello, Marissa. Oh, you must have missed that at the top of the show when I said if you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch live. But I'll repeat what, it. Anyway. What'd you say, Sonny? <laughs> exactly. Or you can listen whenever you want on a podcast platform. You could be listening to this right now while you're driving or running on a treadmill or something. Although I'm not sure I would choose us to listen to while you're on the treadmill. So if you did, more power to you. Uh, you know, I would just rather choose I would just rather choose not to be on the treadmill, personally. Yeah, the, yeah, I don't think that's a problem for either one of us right now. Right, right. Um, anyways, so uh, today's an interesting show. Today, so for for years, we've talked about, uh, well, we've mentioned the word narrative, right? Uh, oh, she's nice. For those of you who aren't aware, on, on, our, on our Facebook Live, one of our longtime listeners, Marissa, wrote in. Uh, she's uh, She's running right now. Which, yeah. if you don't know, the humor in that is because she's in a wheelchair. So she's obviously running. The irony she's, there is what's she's funny. Run, she's um, running up here, and that's what it's all about, Trinity. She, she, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to let my dog out because he is uh, losing his mind. Um, but uh, anyways, so <laughs> he doesn't care that I we're hear on, him. On, I hear on air right now. I hear him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's gone now. Um, so anyways, so for years now, we've we've said a word over and over and over on our shows uh any one of them be it the couch live dharma time or we the middle uh the word narrative comes up an awful lot actually and i don't know that we have ever really kind of addressed what narrative actually is right i think we just took for granted that people probably have an idea of what it is or how it's formed things of that nature oh. so they, today we're going to actually are we, gonna talk to... are we playing webster <laughs> sure, today we can't yeah, I mean, I I don't think I have readily available the actual definition of it, but go ahead. By the way, does Webster? In fact, while still... you talk, I'm gonna go ahead and look up the Webster. Good. Does Webster still exist? I mean, like, is there still a Webster? Because we have changed so many Online. definitions of words that I thought Online. maybe Webster got canceled, and maybe there's a new. You know, maybe maybe we have found Webster to be somehow internally biased, and uh, we canceled right. Webster. Is there a new Webster? <laughs> well, there's a Webster like online. This is the most simplistic definition I think I've ever heard in my life. 
narrative, the the online definition of it, and and this is uh, taken from Oxford language. I just typed in Google narrative see, definition. That's not even we're seeing, says, that's not Webster. That's not Webster. Yeah, it says a spoken or written account of connected events, a story. So uh, yeah, and then Merriam-Webster is on here though. There's a website okay. for it. Okay, good. And it says, <laughs> oh, this is even worse. <laughs> narrative from from Merriam-Webster one A, something that is narrated. There you go. That that solves it. I thought you couldn't use the word in the definition, but whatever. Webster um, can do whatever he wants. Apparently so. So one B is a little bit better. It says uh, a way of presenting or understanding a situation or series of events that reflects and promotes a particular point of view or set of values. That that's, I think is what perfect. you and I typically that's... refer to when we talk about narrative. Right. 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 Um, so narrative is an interesting thing, right? So like, let's first of all, I guess let's just go ahead and, and, cover that right like we already kind of addressed what narrative is um to me right like my my interpretation of that very eloquent webster's definition of it um is basically our narrative is the story we tell ourselves right Mm -hmm. it's the it's the gaps that we fill in with what we're seeing in front of us so what we're seeing in front of us is a particular things that are playing out and the narrative is we fill in whatever we don't know, meaning the intentions of the person, why they're doing what they're doing, how they did, what led up to this, what's going to happen next. You know, all these these thoughts and these feelings and emotions, all the unseen stuff, we those gaps. That's the narrative to me. Would you agree okay. with that assessment or do you have a different definition? Th- that sounds pretty good. I-, I was thinking about it a little differently. I was thinking about it. You know how uh, maybe this is ever. Has this ever happened to you? This should be a question. Has this ever happened to you? Because it happens to me. I'll be walking along with Dana, you know, walking the dogs or something. This just happened the other day. And I said, Dana, I said, that's a really pretty plant. And she said, which one? And I said, uh, the pink one. And, and she, and she like just laughed at me. She chuckled. Uh, and, and she said, uh, God, what color was it? It was a different color. Oh, oh, she goes, the purple one, you mean? And I go, no, the pink one. She goes, she goes, that's cute. But yeah, it's purple. So the the story I'm telling you is because that to me is how narrative is. If in my head I have that it's pink, then I don't care what Dana says. That plant looks pink and it's some sort of version sure. of pink. And if in her head sure. she sees it to be purple, no matter what I tell her, she sees it as some sort of variation of purple. And that is the way I view narratives. Right on. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we're kind of saying the same thing, uh, just differently. Um, right. To me, what you're talking about goes more into how it's formed, I guess. Like, I think that's where the uniqueness comes in. And, and you know, obviously, not to jump the gun, but we're going to get there. Um, okay. But just stick with what is narrative. It, like whether we know it or not, everything's going to have a story. You know, everything's going to have a purpose. Everything's going to have a past, present, and future, whether it's told to us or we make it up. Mm-hmm. Right. If, uh, you know, no matter what it is, you know, somebody comes to you and they say, they say something. And if it's very vague, you're going to immediately try to figure out, right. Cause our brain loves to do that. It loves to fill in gaps. Your brain doesn't like unknowns. So it's going to try to know whatever it is, even if it's fake or even if it's made up, your brain's going to try to know it. 
And so your brain's going to try to figure out why they said what they said, what they meant right. when they said it, what right. what were they thinking when they said it, you know, and what's going to happen now that they did say it, you know, what's going to happen if I don't acknowledge it. Like your brain likes to fill in all these different gaps and stuff. Right. That's to right. me is the narrative. Right. And I think that's, it happens all the time. Like whether you realize it or not, it's not like a conscious thing that we try to do. It's this vibe that we get, right? It's this feeling that we get, um, which right. are facts, but we convince ourselves that they are. Um, right. I, I mean, how many times have we done that? Like, I know I'm guilty of it. I've done it before in my past. I still do it daily, I'm sure. Oh, come on. Uh, yeah. Where somebody somebody will say or do something, and you'll, be, you'll immediately take offense to it, and then you'll realize afterwards that it was never meant that way. You just kind of took it that way. Or... Uh, you know, my wife was guilty of telling me all the time about my tone, which half the time I have no idea what she means. But from her perspective, I had a tone. Right. But all that really means is she interpreted the way I was saying it in some way that, that gave her a narrative that, hey, this isn't good. Regardless of right. what I meant or where I was coming from, in her mind, that tone signifies this. And, and right. that we're going to get to why in a second. But the main point I'm trying to drill in here is if you're listening to this um you have formed narratives in your life you do it daily uh and the people around you do it all the time so i just don't want anybody walking well i don't do that yes you do (laughs) 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 kind of how it works i'm sure there's somebody out there who's gonna think well no i i I resolve i reserve everything until the facts come no you don't no you don't you you know that doesn't mean that that based on Oh, we might be on a we might be on a delay. I, I apologize if we are. Actually, I think so. it's the so Wi Fi in New Smyrna Beach. It's that one percent of Wi Fi. It's different than your ninety nine percent of Wi Fi. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey man, I, we got to punch you somehow. You can't win everything. Yeah. I, I pay more and get shittier service. <laughs> uh, but yeah. the um, I forgot what I was going to say. Trinity, go ahead. Why don't you just walk out to the beach real quick? You know, where the rest of us uh, hang out. Um, yeah. So, uh, like I said, you well, you were saying the proof is in the pudding, right? The proof is, and you're going to come up with some brilliant example of how <laughs> we uh, we form narrative, whether we realize it or not. Um, but yeah, we do it all the time. Uh, you know, my the one I see it done the most, right? Uh, like, which I think is hilarious to me is, and I see my wife do it a lot, uh, which I'm sure anybody who's like a big animal person does. Mm-hmm. We we transpose almost our thoughts and our feelings onto that animal, as if the animal's thinking something other than, "I want food and I'm tired," right? Like we'll think that the dog is like hurt its feelings or something, right? My, my wife will make sure that if she gives one animal this, she has to give the other animal. Be fair, because she doesn't want the animal thinking this. I'm like, pretty sure the animal's not thinking any of that, but in her mind that's what they think right and so to me i think that's funny because i don't think she's the only one i think many people do it where we think that this animal has deduced all of this logic (laughs) about what's taking place and who did what when the animal's probably just sitting there um it reminds me of have you seen that meme where uh one like a, a girl and a man are laying in bed at least i assume that's how they identify um a woman are laying in bed and he is laying on this side, staring off into space, and she's laying on this side, looking back at him. And there's a thought bubble, and she's like, "I bet he's thinking whatever." And then his thought bubble is something completely, completely different than what she thought it was going to be. That's what it reminds hmm. me of. He, he's probably thinking a lot like the dog, which is, you know, I wish she would just scratch my butt. 
Because that's what my dog is always thinking. My dog is always just wanting for me to just scratch it. That's all he's thinking. I'm pretty sure. I mean, he might say I want to go potty or I want food. But the the third thing he's always thinking is he's like, can you just scratch my butt real quick? That's it. (laughs) Based upon my dog's behavior, my guess is he's always thinking either A, I want something to eat, or B, hey, can you give me attention? That's that's what I'm thinking. He's always thinking, but I could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe he's thinking, yeah. uh, "Please don't touch me." Maybe he's thinking, "Scratch <laughs> my butt." <laughs> Watch, maybe scratch his butt real quick. See what he's, see, see, you'll see the look oh, he gives you. He'll, like, he'll, he'll do the, He'll do that little up. look like like this. <laughs> Doug does that. You know what I mean? He he he, he just bends <laughs> he bends a little bit. Like, <laughs> like he's like that's that's the spot right there. Yeah, that's what he does. So Actually, my dog, thinking. if I if I scratch right above, uh, like right at the base of his tail, he'll start right. looking at the air. <laughs> there you go. There anyway. you go. What's up, Katie? How you yeah. doing, Katie? On Facebook Live as well. Uh, no, I remember what I was going to say, hey. Trinity. What I was going to say is that the proof is in the, uh, the statement of uh, my truth. When people say my truth, I accidentally said it the other day on the oh, on the show, yeah. but I didn't mean it the same way. But I laughed when I was uh, doing some uh, some reels, and, and I was like, "Oh, geez, hey, I said this stupid thing." Now it, it, it's getting into the, the the normal language, right? To say my truth, that the that's lexicon. that yeah. that's proof that narrative exists. Right, because it's like no, there's a truth. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it, you yeah. you think you have a truth, but no, you just have an opinion. <laughs> you have a perspective. Yeah. Why don't you just call it my exactly. perspective? What is wrong with you just saying my perspective is? Instead, you got to say my truth. This is my truth, as, as if it's something virtuous that we all have to accept, because. It's That's your truth. Thing. I it's so I have to accept it because you know it, it's your truth. I can't argue your truth. Yeah. But when it's your perspective, we can argue it. But that's why people took yep. the word perspective out of it and put the word truth in this. It's like ha ha ha. Now you can't argue it. Yeah. So I think narrative yeah. is just like it's that. more valuable. Because, because if anybody would say, "Hey, man, that's just my narrative," like that is the most honest thing you could say. But but who's gonna say that, Trinity? Who's going to say that's just my opinion anymore yeah. or that's just my narrative anymore? Nope. Nope. Just old people like me still use that word. Yeah. And, and yeah, same here. I get in trouble all the time. It's like, well, that's your perspective. That doesn't mean it's the truth. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, and so how do we form that? Right. Like how do we, how is narrative formed? I think that, uh, um, I blame your parents. Realize once a- <laughs> yeah, my mom didn't hug me enough. Um, <laughs> Uh, but that we joke, but that's kind of how it goes, right? Like uh, what we don't realize is from an early age, we're like a clean slate. And as we go through life, as we see things, as we experience things, as things happen around us that we go through, right. Right. you know, our brain is learning. It's learning to guess what's going to happen next based upon what happened previously. Right. And that's all quote unquote reality is right. All reality right. is, is our best guess of what's going to happen next based upon right. what we've seen in the past. Sometimes right. we're right. Sometimes we're not. Um, however, narrative is going to form when things take place to us. And, and, and oftentimes something's going to happen that leaves a real deep mark, right? Maybe we had past trauma, something really hurt us. Something mm-hmm. great happened. We have a great memory. So I, that's all going into narrative. That's all going into how we're right. going to perceive the very next thing. For example, right? I, I, this is a horrible, horrible example, but I, it popped oh in my head. So I'm going to run with it. It's terrible. We're talking about dogs, right? I've been around many, many dogs in my life. And and there's been some dogs in my life that I've walked up to that I've never even met before ever. It's just a brand new dog. 
And when I go down to pet it, sometimes it'll flinch. It'll go back. Well, I've never, I don't have any experience with this dog ever in my life. I've never met it. However, I can already tell you it's passed. I can already tell you that that dog's probably been abused. How do I know that? Because it had no reason to think that I was going to do anything other than put my hand out to pet it or love on it or whatever. However, it looked at me and something about it said, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to pull back just in case it's going to hit me. So somewhere in that dog's life, it's learned when somebody comes this direction, it's very likely they're going to hurt me. So I'm going to pull back and pull away. That's narrative. It filled in the narrative about what he thinks is going to happen. Not based on anything other than what it's been through. And I've seen other dogs who, who get aggressive or whatever. So like we all do that. We see it mostly in relationships, right? Like how many times in relationships, if you know, the person doesn't text you back right away, then all of a sudden they're cheating on you or whatever it might be. Like we have this, this narrative that we fill in and it's not necessarily based on that person or their behavior or our relationship with them. Oftentimes it's based upon, Hey, this person hurt me in the past or whatever it might be. So therefore I think you could be doing it as well. And so that to me is a, is a, is, is partly how our narratives are formed. I think the other part is our community, right? Where we come from, our environment, our culture, how we're raised, the things that were brought up, um, you know, like uh, uh, I'm trying to think of examples here. I know like a lot of my Spanish friends uh, in their culture, the way they're brought up, when you meet one another, you kiss each other on the cheek or something like that. And it's totally normal. But when I was a kid, when I was first introduced to that, I was like, what, what the hell's going on? It didn't make sense to me. I didn't understand what was happening. You know, so for me, my narrative was that was weird and inappropriate to whereas my Spanish friends are like, it's weird and inappropriate that you don't do that. Right. And so, and I had to realize that that wasn't my truth. That was just my narrative. That's what I was raised around. That's what I was, I, I was used to. So therefore I had to realize, okay, well, there's a different way of looking at things. It's not inherently bad. It's just different. Right. And so like, if, if, for instance, is an, an example of how that could go terribly wrong is if you're like a jealous person or something like that and you see somebody greet your spouse with a hug and a kiss like that, if you don't know that those are normal behavior, you might get upset. Like, what are you doing? What? So that's an example, I think, of how narrative is formed and how it can be a problem. So what are your thoughts? How is narrative formed to you? Narrative uh, to me is formed by people pissing you off. Um, I mean, the, <laughs> I think it starts it starts in childhood. You know, your parents are the first ones to piss you off, so you form narratives of the anti the parent, anti establishment. That's your original establishment, right? Which is why you want no rules and no boundaries, and parents, you know, you just don't understand. Age ain't nothing but a thing. You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm seven. What, what do you mean I got to be an adult? You know what I mean? If seven's old enough. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean I can't walk across the street? Watch me. I'll walk across that street when you go to sleep. You know what I mean? So you start forming all kinds sure. of narratives by, by the oppression that you start feeling from your parents. And then the then the oppressor gets big, and then it becomes the school, and then bigger, and then it becomes the law enforcement, and then it becomes the government. Yeah. You know, it's always it's always someone else, right? It's always the bigger oppressor. It's always the man right? holding you down. It's always the man. It's always well, not anymore. No, they it's, it could be a woman well, or they. So so whatever, because because they are badasses and they control you. So I'm gonna call them they's, you know, because those they are plural. <laughs> and, and uh, and so I think that's how narratives are formed. They're they're formed by a series of events that piss you off, or like you even said, or the, or you got celebrated. So either celebration or piss you off. And but the ones that are deeper and the ones that you tend to argue the most are the ones that piss you off because. Again, that's your truth, right? That's That becomes your perspective of a certain thing. That becomes your narrative. That becomes your ideology of the world. And look, 
we both work in addictions, right? So, so there is not one person out there that's ever had a drug addict or an alcoholic with, within their close circle that doesn't feel like they know what alcoholism or drug addiction is. By having it within your circle, <laughs> you automatically think, look, I know I had one. I know my uncle was one. My dad was one. My mom was one. I was one. He was one. She was one. They were one. You know, we all have that that lived experience, right? And if we have that lived experience, then we feel that's then that's truth. Not really understanding that science is science doesn't work that way. Science is no. is, is is a lot broader than that. It has layers to it. It has variables attached to it, right? You have to have a constant. You have to have an unaffected one. You have to have a control, right? And you have to have more more subjects than just one. Can you imagine if we would put out medication? the way some people create oh narratives, they create a narrative from their one life, right? Or their little circle. Can you imagine if we would create a, 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 a medication based on just your experience? Just yours. It worked for me. So it must work for everybody. Hey, that by the way, terrifies people, me. by the way, the internet's full of those medications that aren't really FDA approved, but you're all buying them anyway, because somebody out there is on TikTok going, hey, this worked for me. It gave me a bunch of energy. Yeah. I've lost tons of weight. Or yeah. I, That's that's narrative. <laughs> that's that's somebody's experience, but it doesn't mean it's going to work yeah. for you. It's a, you know, and, now, and then there's yeah. things that would work for most people. See, the, the thing about it, Trinity, is that nothing works for everybody. Nothing is 100% useful for everybody. And, and, and people, if you're waiting for that, then you don't even understand science yourself. And you need to go back to sixth grade and, and, and play with the Bunsen burners all over again so you can get here. Because you, 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 <laughs> fast, forwarded, you fast forwarded to the end thinking that you were going to understand it and you're walking around not understanding it and not getting it. And by doing that, you're having a lot of arguments with people about some really important things, but you miss the entire scientific method in the middle. You need to go back and understand what the scientific method is so you can be a happier person because you don't look happy. You sound frustrated. You sound angry. You're losing friends. You're losing family members. And, and worst of all, you're losing yourself. You don't even know what you think and believe anymore because your narrative is guiding which exit you get off of and which road you take and which road you travel. And, and, and when your narrative is guiding all that instead of your, your true passion or instead of your true purpose of why you were even created and built in the first place. Like, why is that not an issue anymore? Why, why do you care what a turtle was created for, but you have no freaking understanding of why you were created? Like, you understand that a turtle should be protected from the moment it's an egg. You can't even walk and stomp around it. You can't even turn on a flashlight or anything. But for some reason, you... It doesn't matter where you came from. What only matters is your truth. And how you feel and what you want and what you think. That's that is why you're frustrated and depressed and anxiety ridden and and and, and frustrated with, with all the rest of us. And you think we're all idiots. No, it's not that we're all idiots. It's just that we're allowed. Well, we are. Uh, let me take that back. We all are idiots. It's but so are still, you. Yeah. That's but that's that's part of it. That's humans are idiots. Yeah. We're, we're brilliant and idiots all at the same time. You know, that's that's called life, you know. Your entire life, you're just you're 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 making you're creating this balance between your your complete 
idiotic thought process and your two brilliance. And that's that's your life. You're, you're constantly balancing your brilliance with your with your idiocy. That's my yeah, perspective, I, by the so way. I, that's I, my I narrative. Trinity. And there's a there you go. Um, there's a, a word that I could think of that I was very, very thankful that I learned back in the day. Not because of the word itself, but because of what it the the concept that it taught me. And that was anecdotal. Because right, I remember I heard anecdotal one time, and it was like talked about something. I was like, anecdotal, what does that mean? And so I looked it up. I was a, I was a kid. And then when I looked it up, I realized what anecdotal was, and, it, and it, it, it opened up my idea to, wait a minute. So just because I'm seeing something doesn't mean everybody else has seen the exact same thing, right? There's majority, and then there's just what I'm seeing. And so for yeah. me, that was like a big moment. That was like the right. when it introduced me to the concept of what I'm seeing is not what everybody else is seeing. And I was like, whoa, right? Like, and another, I guess, uh, I don't know, it's a saying, a cliche. I don't want to call it a cliche, but it's a saying that's out there is, you know, you hear, you hear hooves, you don't think zebras, right? So just because you hear hooves, we Dude, are, we where do they say that? Or cows. <laughs> you never heard you hear hooves, don't think zebras? It's like a, yeah, oh well. Um, I have to get you a book or something. Anyways, uh, uh, but that's the, it's true though, right? We I say you know if you hear hooves, you don't typically think zebras. You think you know cow, okay. horses or cows. Okay. That's because you associate hooves with horses or cows. But there's many many animals that have hooves, so it's, it's just a saying to express the same okay. idea that we're talking about. But okay. um, for me, the anecdotal was the word that when I was a kid took me down a path that I was very grateful for because. Um, you know, not everybody has the same lived experiences. Even if you come from the same neighborhood, even if you come from the same family, same house, right? How many? Yeah, yeah. How many twins? How many twins are completely different as far as what they're interested in? And they had the same parents, same exact background, but one turned out this way, one turned out that way. And so that, to me, is the definition of anecdotal, right? Like you can't. Um, another example that that you said one time, and I think you were being tongue in cheek with it, but I still thought it was hilarious, and it, it's profound, right? And it's it's simplest. To, but it's profound in the sense of the debate about spanking kids, right? So many of us who are the older generation, we got spanked and we think back of, ah, you know what? I learned my lesson, right? I had to get spanked a little bit. I got it. So that's all the younger generation needs is spanking. Well, on the flip side of that, if your life turned out horribly, you're probably thinking I'm never going to spank my kids because that's what caused it. And so when you point out one time, it's like, yeah, because there's nobody in prison who ever got spanked as a kid. It has to make you stop and think. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, there's probably a lot of people in prison who got spanked or even worse, and it didn't. It didn't work. Exactly. And so this this it's anecdotal in the sense of well, it worked for me. Should work for you. Or uh, the other phrase I love so much that kind of goes hand in hand with narrative that I've heard countless times uh, when we were doing the groups for uh, addiction stuff. Uh, when I've done the uh, the stuff with uh, um, which we call the spiritual coach and everything, I hear it nonstop. And it's the it's the basis for narrative. It's the basis for judgment. It's the basis for the criticism, and it's it, it makes us feel wonderful. And that is, they should have known. And it's like, well, hold up. I remember having a conversation with somebody. Um, uh, I think it was uh, it was one of my classes one time. Uh, I used to do it at the the, ca the cafe or whatever. Um, and this this girl that was in my class was so excited about kind of standing up to somebody who she thought was being loud and aggressive 
And in her mind, he was being loud and aggressive because he was angry at her and he was trying to control her and just this this monster bearing down on her. And I was like, wait. And, and so I dug a little bit deeper and I found out that I was more on the mark than off the mark. But I was like, well, how do you know he's not just from a family or a, a, a community that that's just how you talk with one another? You just get loud. Like you're loud, you're boisterous, you're aggressive. Maybe that's just how, you know, he's from a big Italian family, it turns out, from Brooklyn. Like That's just how they talk. Like in his mind, he wasn't being mean or aggressive. He was just talking. That's just how they, because I've had some friends from New York who are boisterous and everything. I keep saying New York, but they're from everywhere. Um, yeah, you just, but there's just hang around my house a little bit, Trinity. Hang around my house. We, we're just <laughs> yeah, loud. We're just, yeah. Just loud. yeah. Some people, some cultures or some households are just loud. Right. So right. for them, they're just loud. They're, they're constantly trying to talk over one another. And it's like this, this co competition type deal. It's right. not intended to be so. They're just boisterous, just loud, man, just full right. of energy and life. Nothing wrong with that. But if you right. come from a more quiet, reserved family, you're going to look at them and like, dude, what did I do to piss you off? Why are you so mean? Why are you so aggressive? Like, well, what do you mean? I'm not. I'm just talking loud. And so that's an example of what I mean by anecdotal, right? Like in your mind, this is what you're associating. So that to me, once again, is how we form our narratives. Like every single thing that we're interacting with, it's important that we realize that is it's just a guess. You're guessing based upon everything that you've seen up to this point. You don't know. Right. You don't have a, a crystal ball. You have no idea. You're just guessing. Mm -hmm. And and the problem is, and I'm not even. I don't. Anecdotally speaking, I don't know how right we are. I think we all think that we're right more often than that we're, we're wrong, and that's what keeps mm -hmm. us doing it. But if you actually took the data and pulled how many times we're right versus how many times we're wrong, it might be fifty-fifty. Where it might actually we were wrong more than we're right right we just we think that we're right a lot right we think like oh yeah i nailed that one i knew that was coming okay well how many times did you know something was coming and you were dead wrong or you knew how somebody thought and you were dead wrong i mean i mean so I, I think that that's <laughs> go ahead it, it, if we all knew we sure the hell wouldn't still be paying bills we sure as hell wouldn't even <laughs> be caring about the bills that we had to pay Ain't none of us yeah. knew nothing. You know, we were all wrong. There's the, there's nobody out there that's been right most of the time, you know, uh, because I would ask you then, why did you pick the existence that you're in? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. if you're frustrated financially, you've been wrong. You know, if you're frustrated in your relationship, yeah. you've been wrong. If you're frustrated about where you live, you've been wrong. You've just been wrong a lot. Right. Nobody has hurt you more than you. Nobody's lied to you more than you. And the whole world out there has so much more truth in it that you can explore. But instead, you're constantly painting the picture that you want to see instead of just seeing it for what it is, man. It, it, it's just a little bit different than, than what you're experiencing. Perfect point. You ever drive down the road and someone points out something even in your own neighborhood that you never saw? I mean, you never saw it like like, you know, like someone comes to visit and we're driving. They go, oh, you have a blankety blank store. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what is that? Is that new? And then my wife would be like, no, it's always been. There. I'd be like, that's always been there. That store. I've never seen that store in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just your your eyes just only see what it wants to see. Like you ever buy a white car and all of a sudden all the cars you see are white. You ever buy a certain type of car and all of a sudden that's all you see is those types of cars. That's that's that is narrative. That is perspective. 
is that you 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 get accustomed to seeing Tootsie Rolls everywhere when you love Tootsie Rolls, man. It's just that's the old commercial. And if you don't know that commercial, you got to look it up. It was a great commercial. We I wish we could play it in the middle of this and, and just, you know, everything looks like a Tootsie Roll to me because that's the way the world is. If you if you love something or if you believe in something wholeheartedly, that's what you see everywhere. It's one of the biggest reasons that in the industry that we're in, you know, and helping people get clean and sober. I used to get frustrated with some of the old timers that existed before I got in the field or like when I was new in the field, because no matter who they evaluated, they thought that person's an alcoholic. And I'd be like, okay, they got a D. Okay, they got a DUI. I get it. They got a DUI. But but does the just the DUI make them an alcoholic? And ah, man, you know, and, and they would go down and, and try to fit because all we had at the time was a DSN four. So we had these seven symptoms and it looked very subjective in nature, and it was. It was only seven symptoms, and it was a pass or fail kind of diagnosis, right? You know, this is before the DSM five sure. and all that. And, and and people used to make these judgments based on it. It was like, God, there's got to be more to it than just an experience of, of of getting caught. I said because there's there's a lot of people out there that have driven while intoxicated by law. Are you saying all those sure. individuals are or or or, or, uh, or alcoholic, or only because they got caught? Ah, now. I gave you the alcoholism. <laughs> you know, it's like, hang, <laughs> yeah. now you have it. Oops, you caught and, it. So yeah. so these are, there, there's things like that that just exist, right? Like some people just pretend to be, they're yeah. wannabes, right? And I know it's a weird thing to want to be, but there's people that want to be alcoholic. They just try to act like one. They try to drink like one. They try to act like one. You know, they they, they go out there and, and get trashed and throw up and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, real alcoholics, they don't do all that. Real, real alcoholics, they're like, they're not throwing up. They're not. They're not really looking trashed a lot of the times, you know, <laughs> you know, that's the, the weirdness of this whole deal, right? Is it whatever you think, you know, you probably don't know. And that's the secret to the sauce that we that we're all simmering in. Right. Is that we really only know the ingredient we're putting in and even that ingredient we're blind to. We're most blind to the ingredient we're providing. So if we're most blind to the ingredient we're providing, then what makes you think you understand my ingredient and Trinity's ingredient and everybody else's ingredient to this nice little special sauce that we're all just simmering in? Look, I'm on a need-to-know basis, and I'll let you know uh, when I die. I, I'm, I'm a hoping that I get all the answers in, but if I don't, I'll just come back and do this all over again and be just as ignorant the second time as I was this time. I think uh, uh, <laughs> so. The other the word that popped in my head when you were talking was confirmation bias, right? Like yeah. so, oftentimes we'll formulate a hypothesis, right? We'll come up with this idea, this thought, and then we look right. for things to prove that thought right. That was mm -hmm. why uh, early on, um, somebody would ask me like if I would look at my wife's purse or something like that. I was like, no. I was like, what do you you know do you, do you trust her that much? I was like, first of all, yeah. Why would I be with her if I didn't trust her? Secondly, if I go looking for something, I'm going to find it. Whether it's there or not, it doesn't matter. If I approach every situation that, hey, this is what it is, then my brain is going to bend every single thing to make that a possibility. And so that's one of the reasons why I love science, for instance, because in science you form a hypothesis and then you spend all your time trying to disprove it. And at the end of the day, if you try to disprove it and it still comes out to be true, then it's it's objectively true. Right. right? right. And, and, I, and I think that we can we need to do more of that. And we don't. We approach the situation. You know how many times I've I've uh, I've seen the situation play out where uh, the person is so convinced that their narrative is correct that they don't even believe when the other person tells them that it's not, and it's about them. 
right? Like how many times have, have you been in or seen somebody in a situation where they thought that they know what you're thinking and you tell them no and they, they oh yeah, right. Like they still don't believe you. They're so convinced in their narrative that they don't even believe you when you're telling them no, that wasn't in my mind at all. Right. right? And, right. and it happens right. all the time, usually like, you know, close relationships, but, but we do, we get so convinced in a narrative that we don't even believe when the evidence is presented otherwise by the only person that would actually know we're right. still so convinced that it, it's more reason to think that you're lying to me who, you know, maybe you're a close person in my life. You have no benefit of lying to me. You have nothing to gain. You're not a liar. There's no reason why you would lie. It's still more believable to us that you're lying than we were wrong in our narrative. That's how powerful narrative can be. Yeah, you're right. But like, I, you know, when you said that, I was thinking about, you know, like the old studies back in the day when they would show like a chimpanzee trying to stick these toys and the little kid things like the square in the, in the circle yeah. and the circle in the square. And the chimp was smart enough to figure it out. <laughs> but we see people every day online. Like, just, yeah. just clearly not figuring. And, and not only they're not figuring out, but they got a whole bunch of people behind them that just is. I don't know why that circle didn't fit in that square. That, cir that circle should have fit in that square. You know what? That they 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 shortened you. They me they they messed with you. That circle is supposed to fit in the square, but they 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 somehow they messed it up and they and they did that on purpose to you to make you look so. No, no. How about the circle just doesn't fit in square? <laughs> it just it doesn't do it. I mean, it, it's sad to see how much primates are actually more intelligent than us in in regards to learning, because. <laughs> Whatever, whatever part of the brain creates a narrative, animals don't have it. Animals go on basic instincts, man. If it doesn't look, if it doesn't work, not only do they no longer do it, but the next generation comes out with that knowledge to not even do it in the first place. Because, yep. because you said that the dog, like you, you met a dog and the dog was just like somehow had put off to you right but that's because it's a domesticated yeah. dog domesticated dogs they have our stupidity now like they're just like you know they learn like that they lost their they lost their basic instinct of just knowing whatever by the way i i think because you're huge trinity i mean you're really large so if something your size was coming up to me i'm gonna flinch too brother and, and trust me the only person i really flinched to is my five foot four mother and she used to have a hell of a punch she probably still does <laughs> but, but but anyway so so but animals automatically know what's dangerous and not dangerous is some until they get domesticated and then they accidentally trust and distrust incorrectly right sure. that's why we're not supposed to feed the alligators that's why we're not supposed to feed certain wild animals right because once they become yep. trained then they become more aggressive and problematic see that's that's the issue once we try to human human humanify humanify can i say that is that a word trinity humanize humanify? humanize maybe i like i like humanify better trinity it sounds cooler yeah we can go that <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go that like route humidify, gonna, but that's right. no no humanify we like to humanify things and when we you sure. know marissa on facebook live is trying to tell me humanize also nope i i don't like humanize it's humanify <laughs> we try to humanify things we'll when we it. do that when we do that we somehow screw it up, right? Because yeah. what we're what we forget is that everything is natural, including us. We are part of nature. Like you know, you know, you've said it before, right? We're we're your nature, I'm nature. That means everything we create, no matter how abnormal or weird it is, or no matter how metallic it is, no matter how electronic it is, it's still nature. 
It's still part of nature because we're part of nature. Yep. And therefore, everything we've yep. created is nature, right? So yep. it's, 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 it's that same thing. Somehow we've to, we took that understanding and go, oh, no, this is technology and that's nature. And so now we all have this idea that nature must mean trails and hiking and woods. And you say, why does that mean nature? You're like, well, because everybody knows that that's nature. Well, yeah, right. but it's going on the assumption that somehow we we built this stuff from some foreign object. Then, like, no, it's all built from. See, so so that's how narratives are formed. They're formed by accepted ideology, right? So if we continue to change accepted ideology and accepted things that are, that are just known. And, and we start creating these stories and we all follow it like little sheep. <laughs> yep. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> that's true. Then what happens in the future? In the futures, that becomes the truth. That now yeah, becomes I'm, the truth. I'm, I am 1000% glad that you brought that up because it reminded me. Um, so what we collectively don't understand is how malleable our narrative really is. We think that our narrative is truth oftentimes and it's cemented in stone and nobody could ever push us off of it. No, there's there's some studies out there and I encourage you guys, if you're listening to this, to look it up. I don't remember the names of them, but you can type in the basic description and you'll get it. He, I mean, Louis might even know the names, but uh, I'm thinking of one particular study where they, and it's been duplicated multiple times, where they'll have a group of people in a like a classroom type setting or in just a general area. And they'll take three, I don't know, like three lines. And they'll ask which line is the longest line. And then they'll have paid actors or they'll have people who are in on the experiment who all pick purposely the wrong line. And when I say how long the line is, I'm not talking about like they're within yeah. millimeter. No, 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 no. Like, dr like obviously different. Like, you know, even a blind person could probably see that this line is longer. Mm -hmm. But if everybody in the group says that line A is longer, even though line C is clearly longer, the person who's not in on the experiment more often than not switches their answer to align with the group thinking, yep. even though they know the right answer and they were going to say the right answer, but because yep. everybody before them said the wrong answer, they just assumed that maybe they knew something they didn't or were, they questioned their own reality based upon what yep. other people were saying. That's how easily our narrative is messed up. Right. Uh, uh, um, marketing. Right. Marketing is a perfect example of how our narrative can be manipulated and messed up. We get sold things that we don't need, that we don't want, but we buy them anyways. There's there's so much uh, science that goes into how easily our narrative is done that the whole reason why they came up with small, medium, large is to get you to buy the medium. Right. Because when there's it's science shows if there's three choices, we'll take the one in the middle. You know, if there's two choices, we don't know which one. If there's too many choices, we don't know which one. Three is the perfect number. Why? Because we all go to the middle, right? And so there's outliers, of course. But my point is we're not as, like, concrete and individual as we think that we are. We're very easily malleable. There, there's, there's so many things around us that affect what we think is our truth. It's not really your truth. It's just, once again, the things that you're around, the things that you've experienced, it yeah. all impacts what your guess is about what's going to happen next or what should happen next. And so it's not this scientific ironclad, you know, truth that you think it is. No, it's an illusion. It's an illusion based upon everything that you've been through, everything you've seen, everything yep. you've experienced, everybody around you that you respect or don't respect. It's all, it's like a house of cards, right? That's just going to collapse at any given moment. Cause it's not as solid as you think it is. Some things might be, but 
I would say many of them are not. So I'm glad that you brought that up, by the way. Trinity, and and it's not even everything we experienced. It's actually how we interpreted everything we experienced. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. because again, going back to the siblings, not even twins, not even twins, just regular siblings, regular siblings, because everybody, I mean, not everybody, yeah. most people out there, well, man, how about many? Let's just use the word many. You see, I can't even say things that, 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 that I allow myself to say. <laughs> many of us yeah. have siblings, right? And the parents are always going, yeah. I, I don't know what happened to Louie. I mean, they were both raised the same. I don't know why Louie acts like that and Jimmy yeah. acts like that. They're both raised in the same household. They both went to church. They both, you know, it's, it's, and it's like, I don't know, you know, but, but, but there's little differences. You know, what's more important than the genetics that you've been given is how are you interpreting the genetics that you've been giving? And if you interpret them, in a negative way, a painful way, an unacceptable way, you're going to live the rest of your life trying to change that or correct that or fix that. And that, that involves the need for help. That involves the need for some conversation. And unfortunately, we don't live in a very loving, available bubble that we can have a truthful conversation about my personal feelings, attitude, confusion without someone else's interpretation. So I'm kind of excited about this AI technology ability that exists in the point where if you can truly feed the AI with all perspectives and not leaning in any one direction, man. Good luck. The the, the Well, I'm just saying in, in a, I'm going to say in a perfect world, in a truthful scenario, and I got to believe the scientists behind it will want it as truthful as possible. Maybe not all the others, right? But the scientists behind it will want it to reflect both different sides, right? All sides of the, right. of, of the equation, all sides of the angle. Then I'm interested in seeing how it kicks back therapeutic conversation. Because as a counselor, I still, as much as I don't want to be biased, I still have my interpretations, my ideology, my upbringing, my culture, what worked for me, what didn't work for me. It's impossible not to. Yeah, I, I, I work really hard to not not make it anything about me. But that's sure. that is not easy. And it, 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 it takes a lot of skill right. to like be there totally for that person. And I'm very happy with myself when I find myself helping somebody through something in a way more very different than what I would ever think that I would say, you know, which is right. why when people say, Oh man, you know, he's so good. Or he's a, and I'd be like, you know what? It's not me. Cause sometimes when I'm sitting there, I could swear the words are coming from something else. Not me. I'm a vessel, <laughs> which is why I say I'm, I'm a true vessel because I become like this open little vessel that the words come out of my mouth. And I'm like, where are those coming from? Where are those thoughts? coming? I'm not this smart. I'm not, I, there's no way I would have said that, or I know that. So, so whatever alien form, life form, spirit form, God form exists out there that's speaking through me, I think it's incredible. And, and so if, 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 if AI can, if that's what AI is and it's using me right now, then, then we need more of that. But, but instead of it using me, we know it's a machine instead of you thinking it was Louis, but really I'm some, I'll pull my skin and you'll see that I'm metal underneath and that that freaked me out so I, I would hope not i hope i'm not a lizard underneath this thing you right. know what i mean i just 
I don't, am I reporting? RH positive or RH negative or whatever. Is that what it yeah, is? Just, uh, my wife is a reptile. Yeah, she's a reptile person. Yeah, we'll what? talk about that off air. It's a funny thing with RH in your blood. But anyways, what are you? What are you saying right now? You di- you yeah, digress and you threw me in the hole with you now though. So I now I'm in the hole with the RH <laughs> negative lizard and I don't know how to get out of the hole with yeah. the RH negative. Can you pull me out of the hole, yeah. please? There's a there, there's like RH positive and negative and the majority I don't remember which one it is. I think majority of those are RH positive. I think and then like a very small percentages RH negative, and 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 there was like these conspiracy theories that the RH negative people were lizard people and stuff. it's just it's a funny thing but I, and my I, wife is one of them pull me out of the hole I said, pull me out of the hole I, you, well, you're digging, I had to you're digging me in the hole yeah. no yeah you're, you're, well, let's you're, go ahead you gave me a shovel yeah. you gave me a shovel I asked for a ladder right yes. and then you go oh he wants a shovel no I don't want a shovel yes. I want a ladder yes. <laughs> get me out of the hole I'm going to encourage the rabbit hole so well, let's go ahead and dig down this rabbit hole then right can we change okay. it there let's start there um, and yes, yes, we, we 100% can change our narrative. Um, yeah. is it easy? No, no, it's not. Um, is it doable? Yes. Uh, with some consistency and some mindfulness. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of what I mean by that, right. Is, is for me, whenever I approach a situation, number one, I try to keep in mind the unknown and that is anything other than what's happening right in front of me. I don't know what right. they're thinking. I don't know why they did what they did. I don't know what they're feeling about that. As much as I want to convince myself that I'm all known and all seen and I and I know what they're no, I don't. And I have to right. keep that in mind. So like with my kids, for instance, you know, when they come to me, the father in me wants to kick in and 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 just explain to them all this stuff cuz based upon my narrative, this is what they're thinking, this is what they're doing, this is what they need to hear. Right. Um, yeah. and it comes off as lecturing. But instead, I need to, you know, I do my best to to listen more and try to really, truly understand where they're coming from and, and realizing their narrative and their mm. narrative at their age is I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to be cool. It matters right. to them. Right. Because I catch mm-hmm. myself all the time. Um, they'll say or do something and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? That's ridiculous. But then I have to stop and think like, wait a minute. You know, when I was 13 years old, I was doing some really ridiculous things that were that made sense yep. to me. That doesn't mean that I don't, you know, I don't bust her chops every now and then, right? Because you know, my two oldest ones, I'm going to go ahead and call them out here because oh it's boy, hilarious. I used to, I used to, I let them do it, right? But I'm, I did. I'm sorry, I did. I, cr- I cracked on them quite a bit. I did make fun of them a little bit. It wasn't fun. But my two older ones, before they left the house, when they were probably about 16 or so, give or take, um, each of them, they both did it, and, and they were a couple years apart, so they they followed each other. They did this. <laughs> so one time I'm sitting in the living room and one of them comes out wearing glasses, but they don't wear glasses. And the glasses were like clear frames. There was no prescription. It was just glasses to look like they had prescription glasses. Okay. And I was like, what, what, why do you, why are you wearing glasses? You don't wear, wear glasses. I'm like, no, no, it's just the, I was like, but you don't wear glasses. Like, why are you trying to, do you want me to get you like a, a neck brace too? Just in case. Like, I don't, why, what are we doing here? Right, you know, I used to crack on them. I would crack on them for doing those things because it's like, why are you giving yourself an ailment that you don't have? Because I remember right. when I was a kid, you know, people made fun of four eyes, like you had glasses. Oh, draw something wrong with you. And so here they are trying to to have a prescription, basically. So uh, my point in all that is, I, I try to keep in mind that their narrative is important as well. Their narrative right. is not my narrative. 
I can't answer them as a 40 something year old dude who sees the, the trivialness of trying to wear fake glasses to fit in. Cause of course as an adult, I don't care about that, but my image and my life isn't wrapped up in what my peers think right now. Like theirs is. And so I can't negate what they feel. Cause I'm gonna lose them. They're never going to listen to me. It's going to be parents don't understand. So I have to right. try to understand. I have to try to understand that to them, it really truly is important to be accepted when they go to school and it kind of right. is right. Like when you're that age, that's your life, dude. Like, you know, this is it. It doesn't go outside of these walls and I have to be accepted. So for me, part of changing our narrative is listening and understanding what we don't know, knowing the unknown. There are things that I don't have answers for. Instead of me desperately trying to answer those, I'm going to listen and I'm going to try to, to, to fully wrap my head around what's happening. That is a, one of the ways that I started to try to change my own narrative. What about you? What are your What are your thoughts? I know I you were itching there for a little while. Hopefully you didn't forget. You got to do the Darian thing. Oh no, I way past forgetting. But I want to put that. This is what what Marissa <laughs> said up there. Look at look at that right there. Read that. There's such a thing as transabled now, where people will hurt, well people will hurt themselves so they form some sort of disability. Uh, yeah, I did, that doesn't surprise me. I think I've heard of that as yeah. well, actually. People, I've heard yeah. people give themselves scars and stuff. Yeah. So, look, can we change the narrative? The The simple answer is yes. Uh, but I think you, you kicked off the, sto- the show by saying, if you don't think you have a narrative, you're wrong. You do. We all do. And I think that's the problem. You know, uh, you know we kind of said it in some other shows that we've done where we say, you know, the... Everybody thinks they know, man. They say, you know, I, I would know. I, I would know. Right. We say that about someone close to us. I would know. I, I, I've lived with her long enough. I've yeah. known her long enough. I've been around her. I, you know, I know her. I know my wife. I know my son. Sure. I know my daughter. Sure. I know my kids. I know my parents. No. Uh, you know, you know, you know, that that the day that I kind of dread is the day that 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 I pass away. And my family tries to interpret my shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've already given them some understandings to how to interpret my shit. Like, and I know they'll still get it wrong. I know they're still going to read some of my stuff that I've written and go like, what the hell was he thinking? And it's like, well, because I go through periods of my life where where whatever is in here, I have to release. I have to take it out because that's it gets out of here because if it stays in there, it festers and, and, it, and it lives. And I've dealt with so many people's pain and so many people's struggles and so many people's death that I have to write it in my way. Right. And so I used to have to I, I went through a period of time where I had to read things that I wrote to Dana is just so she would understand, hey, just so you know, I'm not suicidal. But I write <laughs> from the perspective of the person that was stuck in my head. I had someone stuck in here, right? Or multiple people stuck right. in here, and I had to write their words down, their, their, their screams, their terror, their cries, their pain, their frustrations. I had to write it out to not keep it. That's how I, I dealt with my problems. I've always dealt with problems that way. I've always dealt with stress that way. So I don't feel stress because I write. And, and when I write, it's just gone. But 
I've gone back Trinity and I've read some of my shit and I'm like, what the <laughs> Jesus Christ. <Yeah. laughs> you know what I mean? So 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 sure. if that just happens with writings, then what's gonna happen with why did he save this? Why does he have this? What does this mean? What does yeah. that mean? <laughs> oh my god, good luck. What I would recommend is just sure. just just pack up all my shit burn and get just <laughs> burn it. Burn it. <laughs> Cause Somehow your feelings are gonna get hurt. You <laughs> you're gonna think something. Because yeah. <laughs> unless unless I die when we're at a really great time of life where everybody's feeling real comfortable, and then even then, yeah. if you like the way you feel, let's leave it that way. Because <laughs> you might misinterpret yeah. some stuff. Uh, and so I fear that I actually think of that stuff like my parents. I'm like, dude, I I I, I don't I don't want to know it like. I want to just know that I love you, Louie. You're awesome, Louie. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I've already heard my, my my dad's always called me a stupid idiot. That's kind of part. That's his love language to me. And, and we're good like that. And, and I'm his favorite. And, well, I think I'm his favorite. <laughs> See, that's how that's how psychologically warped I am. He's my he's you know we, I'm a daddy's boy. So so, uh, but I would hate to accidentally like find something. That, that he wrote and, and misinterpreted like is he talking about me and then <laughs> <totally>. <laughs> my asshole kid <laughs> wish I never had him man you know what I mean it's a it's a like, oh no look it's bad enough that we have video I, 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 and, I'll, and I'll end this point with this like uh you know video didn't used to exist when, when we were little like well, there was some video but not everybody is walking oh, around so with a damn video camera well, not everybody's walking around with a video camera but you know who was walking around with a video camera uh when we were about to have a baby danny and i our first kid dahlia we were you know who was videoing us we were videoing ourselves and you know what i videotaped right. and yes it was videotape when we went and got the uh, sonogram and they go do you want to know what you're going to have and we're like, yes, tell us, what are we going to have? And she says, a baby. It's a girl. And I was like, really? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, well, we're all four laughing around and they got their, their you know, one with her husband and other one with her boyfriend. And they're just telling stories about their parents and their childhood. They love to bring up the fact that dad was sitting there going. You got to be kidding me, right? You sure you can't find something there? You sure it's a girl? Yeah. <laughs> the disappointment in Daddy's face, and so what I'm saying is, see, there's there's a there's so many moments like that that unless you understand that the entirety of a person, except the entirety of a person, and you just take that one little video. Imagine sure. if that's all you had. If that's all you had was that video and you never had all the, the loving and the playing, like if I would have died like two days after the video, <laughs> right? Or they, that's all they would have had. Yeah. My dad never wanted me. You know what I mean? And then, you know what I mean? He, you know, yeah. you think about, I think about stuff like that. Cause there are people like that. They, they, your life ended after you said something or did something or wrote something or felt something or whatever. And then it ended. So you didn't get a chance to, 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 to tell your whole story. You didn't get a chance to, to come back from that story. And then that's where the story ends. And that person grabs that and watches that. And they, they, they fill their narrative in that. However they felt, however their guilt was feeling or however their anger was feeling. And then they go, Oh my God, 
I'm the reason that person died, or I'm the reason they did this, or I'm the reason they did this, or what could I have done differently? And so those are the things that I'm saying. I just hope that my family knows how to just interpret my shit and not make it about them. Just don't make it about you. I enjoyed my life. I love my life. There is nothing I would do differently. I, I, I'm, I'm in total peace. But don't let my craziness affect your future. Boom. That's it. So yeah, like we can it. change our narratives, but but if if you're if you're building upon a personal narrative that's that's painful, how is that the right road to go down? Don't we ever? We've watched scary movies, right? Like if if you've ever watched a scary movie and you see somebody going into a scary situation, you said, "Why the hell are you doing that?" That's all of you <laughs> that are going down narratives that are pissing you off. Uh, yeah. uh, if you continue to live a narrative that just frustrates you, it's like. Why are you going down that road? Change direction. Just go down a different path. That's it. That simple. It's not that confusing. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to second that. And, and that's kind of like my, uh, that'll be my final thoughts, to be honest with you. Um, before I get to those, just real quick, once again, some housekeeping. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as always, you can check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch Live or on any of your podcast platforms. Like, share, comment, all that fun stuff. It really does help. Um, yeah, my final thoughts, man, really, to be honest with you, are just uh, uh, the, the best way to heal or, excuse me, the best way to change it. I just gave it up. The best way to change a narrative is to heal. That's the best way is to heal from your traumas. Heal from the past pains. Don't, you know, don't run from them. Don't hide from them. Heal. Address them. Confront them. Figure out how it impacted you and why. Try to understand the context of the situation and realize that the people who hurt you were kind of hurting because hurt people hurt people. And try to forgive, try to grieve. You know, all these things that we hear all the time, these these crazy therapeutic ideas that sound so st they're stupid and corny. Do them. They work. And they help. Right? Because he healthy people have healthy narratives usually. Unhealthy people typically have unhealthy narratives. Because they're based upon all the traumas in the past that they haven't healed from, and they're still duplicating those same things over and over and over. They're replicating everything that's ever hurt them, and they're just doing it again. So the best way to change your narrative, first of all, yes, you can do it. Second of all, it's extremely hard. Third of all, the best way to do it is to heal. And the healing looks different for different people. For some people, healing is going to therapy. For some people, healing is moving on. For other people, healing is spirituality. Like whatever it is for you, I encourage you to find that and, and dedicate some time with that intent, with the intent of, I need to heal. I need to change my narrative. Acknowledge that you have one. Try to figure out if it's helping you or hurting you and modify it. That, that's the, to me, that's the best way to change the narrative. So, and that is all I got, by the way, kids. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, today is Tuesday. So we, we, you might hit like, yeah, exactly. Let that shit go. Um, we may or may not be on Friday for for uh, We the Middle. I know we got some political stuff coming up, some major moves happening in uh, in the United States here. Uh, if you don't hear from us on Friday, you'll hear from us shortly afterwards. So stay tuned. Hit the notifications button on whatever you're you're watching or listening on. Follow us on social media. He is at the Dope Doctor. I am at the Dharma Guy. We are at Dope and Dharma. And uh, that's all I got. Now that you know better, do better. <laughs>